2: I'm Billy, and you book a match with me—that's right, Killing! Look at me—I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm
0: pissed now. Where to? <laughs> Wrestle Rose on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts. I'm your hope, Dan Saint Germain. I am back in the United States of America. Thank you for the uh, couple forbidden dorks who came to see me at the Comedy Nest in Montreal. It was a fun weekend uh scott and robert are here taking up they took up the slack for me seemed like a show where everything was silent, besides like robert and mike who mike just came in you know for the last like 15 minutes of trash everything aew um but how are you guys doing how was your week of wrestling scottifer
2: oh man what what a blessed week of wrestling we got right nothing but smiles over here in terms of wrestling yeah in terms of in-ring wrestling yeah but I mean what happened out of the ring that was awful. I don't know. I'm very uh I Jungle was very The Jungle Boy promo, it. the Jungle Boy promo. Yeah, but you know there was good parts about that like uh oh wow hook doesn't look bad, you know. Um I oh, thought Taz yeah. and Shivani did awesome with with that, but yeah Jungle Boy isn't. But you know also I think he'll get there because he is kind of unlikable. We've noticed that in uh the the things he likes on Twitter, right? Like Even, like, in October and November, if someone shit on CM Punk, he would like it on Twitter and shit. Um, That's unprofessional. And so it's fun to to try to hate this guy now. And uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens. We're not going to get Tarzan Boy, the song, by Baltimore. So let's see what happens.
0: I don't know about that. I think you're being very nice. But, uh, Robert, how are
3: you doing? I'm doing better than Jungle Boy Jack Perry's promo. Uh, (laughs) So there's... There's that. Uh no, this was a great uh overall week of uh of wrestling. If if you if you like Forbidden Door, you had a hell of a time. If you, if I texted you guys what was going on on Raw, and they just for random Raw are like, here's Nakamura and Ricochet, and here's Sami Zayn and Gunther, and it's like this is I fucking great.
0: Gunther. It was pretty good. Um you know, there's some good things about Raw. Raw Raw just feels like the ultimate uh it's fine.
3: It's three hours. You're gonna get. It's not all gonna be, you know, a home run. But you're gonna get stuff there that's worth watching. That's not that uh, Tanahashi swerve match.
2: Well, I, I have a question though, uh, Robert and Dan. Because Robert, you texted us some of the matches on Raw this week, and that sounds like really good shit. At, at least three of those matches were like, damn. Uh, yeah. But Raw wasn't that great, regardless. No, Raw, no, I thought Raw was yeah, it, Raw was it was a solid good. show. I
0: it was I just made dynamite, but it wasn't
3: great. I think the only – overall, it was very good. I think the weakest parts of it, they did a thing with like for the women's money in the bank where all six women were in the ring. And there's been these rumors that Vince is kind of getting his fingerprints on some stuff. And this felt very Vince McMahon because it was just them all screeching at each other rather than any kind of uh, advancement. But uh, – I will say they
0: built the pay-per-view very well, like the Dom and Cody match. I'm genuinely – I'm genuinely looking forward to that, you know. Yes, and the um, uh,
3: the Finn Balor video package they did they, they they're switching up a little bit what they're doing production wise, and it was a really well done video package of Finn reminding you who he is, reminding the story, getting you excited for the for the show. That was great, and it was cool to see Carmelo Hayes on uh, on Raw. I thought he had a nice showing for himself against Finn.
0: Yeah, I thought that was all right. I mean, I, I look, I think Carmelo is really good. I just you know, uh, and I think Finn's really good. It's just Finn wrestles like super capably on Raw. He just, you know, it just, it, it does feel a little bit like the Finn Bauer tribute show every time he wrestles, like he, he doesn't want to get hurt. I get that, but sometimes it's, it feels a little lifeless, um, opposed to Gunther and and Sammy and Kevin, who, even when they're put, you know, they're safe, you know, they, uh, they they still have, like, a little bit of a flair. Um, Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. Look, you're going to, like, th- they put together a good match. But it's like those guys, those guys are always going to move kind of herky-jerky, you know?
3: You're getting the best out of them. Like, you know what you're yeah. getting when you're getting Damian. And Damian Priest is getting better and learning how to wrestle a WWE main event style. And for what they want from him that works they don't want a you know 15 star oh, the guy.
0: they all get excited about like tall dark quiet and handsome and then they give him a mic and it you know plummets that's exactly what's going to happen by the way this dude
3: yes yes it is and he'll uh, be all a dancing gimmick in six months
0: yeah but i actually thought a like, character's dominic was fine like oh that was, fun. was fine it's just all fine um but gunther uh you know gunther and 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 Sammy, I kind of wish that I'd seen that on a pay per view first. You know the the no finish, um, but you know those guys are so good that like, you know it's like watching Ray Mysterio now. It's just very good. Here you go, watch this, very good. Um, but it's nothing that is also like, you know, going to take your breath away. I think. Uh, but some show business to come up from. We're not, we're not even supposed to talk Raw today. Uh, but this uh, July third, we're in honor of July fourth. We are going to be reviewing the american gladiators documentary i mean we have the one on espn but did you want to do the one on the one on netflix is until later in the month right
3: all right we can we can yeah. we can discuss that when we're not recording for the <laughs> masses right, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs>
2: dan's the best yes all right <laughs> dan
3: sometimes forgets this isn't just a yeah, great chat what do you guys recording? want
2: to order uh <laughs> you don't feel like pizza or Chinese food? (laughs) Uh, Which, by
3: the way, I'm surprised doesn't happen more on Conrad's podcast, because the answer would be both.
2: (laughs) I'll Um, get
3: all the pizza and the ribs and, uh, you know, whatever uh, the the lesser flair wants.
0: Anyway, we're going to be reviewing the American Gladiators documentary. By the way, this is
3: why we're not being invited to StarCast 6. It's
0: it's being 30 for 30. That's right. It's happening in England.
3: Uh, no, it's yeah. happening in Chicago. Oh, uh, which is basically that. the England of the United States.
0: July to- 10th, prefer. we are off. July 17th, The Great American Bash 1996. July 24th, Hell Comes to Frogtown. We're finally going to review a Roddy Piper movie. And July thirty first. No, no, no.
3: We're going to finally review a Roddy Piper movie and record it because <laughs> yeah. we did an hour and uh, a half yeah. on They Live. That never actually got recorded. It was one of the best uh, episodes we did with Mike, and uh it it was an audience of four as opposed I, I to a normal agree, audience of six.
2: It it was actually one of the best. Ep- I remember during the episode just loving it, and it is yes. very funny that it wasn't recorded.
0: <laughs> uh, well, this time I promise we'll record it. And I've never seen Hell Comes to Frogtown. It's uh it's known as pretty bad, so it'll be interesting july 31st uh this we're doing a double patreon roast same day the roast of arnold schwarzenegger and the roast of brian alvarez both equally
3: credible wrestling
0: journalists (laughs) and as far as our podcast next week we're gonna have money in the bank review july 13th we're gonna be doing a double roast again the roast of sable and mabel because they rhyme july 21st uh ruin a baby face, destroy a heel. <laughs> We're gonna pitch different ways to do that. Uh July twenty eighth.
3: Just re-air uh, the jungle boy promo.
0: Yeah, j- July twenty eighth. Uh a wrestling trivia game with Scott and Roberts. Whoever gets the least amount of points has to watch Rampage. So that's what we got coming up, folks.
3: Jesus. Which by the way, that won't wind up happening because it'll be like the other wrestling game.
0: That was a real pull to fill, But you know, the buddy the big review, the Rose Disabled the and Mabel, Build a Baby Face, Destroy Heel. Everything I said on Patreon, that will all happen. Um so a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of stuff to talk about this past week in wrestling. We had a we had a big pay per view this past Sunday. Uh Forbidden Door twenty twenty three. This was a long one, folks. With uh with the pre show, there were fourteen matches on this show.
3: And I remember three of them.
0: <laughs> and uh, I don't think we need to go to the uh, to the pre-show because there, there were literally five pre-show matches. Tom Waller beat Serpentico. The Mogul Embassy uh, beat Chaos. Athena beat Billy Starks. Phantasmo beat Stu Grace. And actually saw that match. And uh, Los Ignorables defeated. Um, they, no, Los Ignorables defeated United Empire. So that was just like a straight New Japan match, which I thought was kind of odd. I didn't see that as well. Uh, but we opened with MJF versus Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW World Championship. The most positive thing I can say about this match is that it was better than the Swerve and Tanahashi match. If you saw the Swerve and Tanahashi match on Collision on Saturday, holy shit, dude. I mean... You know, I love Tanahashi, but he just don't have it anymore, man. I mean, that was – he's either got to, like, take some real time off or become a – and I don't – and he's about to do the G1. It's the most insane idea of – it's like The Undertaker doing the fucking G1 right now. I don't know <laughs>
2: – No, it's not.
0: It's It's close, dude. It's, it's
2: – Dan, it's not even – a little close.
0: Did you see the Swerve Scott match, man? Did you see that? Yes, I
2: did. They they speak a different language. Tanahashi is, is, is damn good at st- telling a story, and they obviously didn't plan a great story. I think the thing about a G1 and a guy who is getting older like you Tanahashi like is, is going to tell that story.
3: By the way, the language thing doesn't work, Scott, because they all call the same spots in English. I, I've um, asked these guys before. They all, no matter where you are, they, it's they English, all, yeah, they, they all all these call spots in English, so oh, that, okay, that's okay. not it. Tanahashi was just he, it just felt like he was like a step off the whole time. And I was excited because I don't watch a lot of New Japan, so it's like it's cool to get to see these guys. And this kind of felt like when Willie Mays played for the Mets, like it's like I, I don't know that this is necessarily the version of Tanahashi I want to see. That being said, he has so much he,
0: insane natural charisma, like he, he does comes, have great natural he comes charisma. on screen. And all you want to do is look at him because he looks like a fucking rock and roll alien, and uh, you know, and he used to do. <laughs> he used to be beautiful in the ring, and whatever the fuck this
2: was, I mean MJF tried.
3: Max got the best out of him. I, I will say this. Good.
2: Was no, that? that's not even true. He he has great New Japan matches sometimes. So it's just this was a weird week. Um, like I'll say this, okay. A John Cena return. A lot of people say he's the John Cena of New Japan, right? He saved it at a time where nobody really wanted to watch. Um, his matches are better than when John Cena comes back. That is true. I don't
3: know about that. I mean, uh, the, the, like the theory of match wasn't great, but Cena's come back a couple times and ha- that he had with Roman was pretty damn good.
2: No, it wasn't. He God, screened spots. Him. Talking about, screen- talking about s- calling spots in English, the king of calling spots in English. John Cena, he just shouts what's going to happen next.
3: Well, he didn't say you can't hear me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I just thought the whole, you know, I don't know, man, I just uh it just I love Tanahashi's matches, you know, even the one he had a Jericho at the Tokyo Dome. That was probably Jericho's last great match too, you know.
3: Um, you mean until the 2 we saw
2: this week? Wait, how can you say that after last night's match? That was genuinely oh, good. Oh, I thought that he was genuinely like good. You're right. You're right. Like
0: but it stuff. wasn't great. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. Him and it wasn't him and Tanahashi and. Wrestling. No, it was
2: great. That ending was fantastic. I that enjoyed. it. was fantastic. I thought it was a fun
0: garbage night. match, but I, I don't think it it rose to that
2: to <laughs> so that level. I Dude, just it's wanted- like two old men, two disgusting old men, and they did that. It's like I mean, science should look at that. They did a damn good job.
0: Well, the
3: Sting. T- we'll get to it. That Sting table. Uh, that's other AW. We're, we're we're focusing on MJF Tanahashi, a main event anywhere in the world except here, where it was the opening match. I do love that Max positioned this as like, all right, if I have to do this, I want to be the first match so I can get the fuck out of there as quickly as possible. And then had already posted a tweet like five minutes after it was over of like, all right, I beat uh, Tanahashi, he it. I'm getting he out of it here. Up. He oh it yeah, up. I, yeah. So well, it was like while well, he was still in the ring, but he's like, I said it to be timed, but whatever. It was good stuff. I liked it. I liked the Max tweet. The match was whatever it was.
2: Um, see, yeah, I, I thought I thought Max did great. I also thought Max really uh recovered this week with this odd storyline that's happening. But he's we'll talk Making about that chicken yeah.
3: salad. He's preparing for Stanford chicken salad out of chicken shit.
0: He's doing the best he can, but I don't know about this story. We'll we'll Oh, uh, I love it. I, I I'll Oh, we'll talk about it. But CM Pug versus Uh Satoshi Kojima for the men's heart. Oh men's Owen Heart Cup Tournament first round match. (laughs) Fighting for a man's heart. (laughs) This match, not great, but a blast to watch because the crowd made it a blast to watch. Um the crowd was like 60% anti-CM Punk, but there was enough pro-CM Punk to get the anti-CM Punk guys going. And the way Punk leaned into it, I thought was really fun. I mean, is it ever going to be like a crisp match with Sam Punk? No. Does he need to get in better shape, especially after seeing AJ Lee, like looking like fucking Terry Crews this past week? Yes, he does. Um, but is it, was it watchable? Like, did I watch this match? Like, besides the, you know, the, the main event and Omega and Osprey, I probably watched this match the closest. And I didn't think I would just because of the reaction. Scott, what did you think
2: of this? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I was dreading this match, right? You you're yeah. the the, M, the the MJF not showing up and having CM Punk fight Tanahashi is is so there in our faces. You want that to happen. Uh, or at least you want Kenta and Punk. And when you get Kojima, you're it feels very oh no. And then you watch what happens. You watch the crowd boo him. You watch Kojima, you know, do a better better job than, you know, the Tanahashi that showed up this weekend. And you go, wow! This this kind of needed to happen. Uh, it was a great tournament match, and having CM Punk go so early and do so well, it it did make it feel also like there was separation between him and an Omega. And I know um, Nick Hausman, friend of uh, the show, said that they were kept separate. I don't know how true that is entirely, but uh, but right. it did feel that way, and that was fun. Even Punk walking out and then. Pointing to go like, oh, walk out the heel side. um Only guys like him do, do shit like that, and it should be way more. You should be in the moment at all times, and Punk definitely does that, and he did that in this match, and it was awesome.
0: Robert, what did you
3: think of this? I was kind of bummed that we got Punk on collision, and you already saw what the Toronto reaction was going to be. Uh, I would have liked to have seen, like, let this be that moment where the audience can just you know, it was like a Steve Austin in Canada during the Bret Hart feud kind of thing, where some people are going to cheer him because it's Austin. Most are going to boo him because they, they want to boo him. The match itself was fine. I mean, it's 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 an interesting anomaly that it happened. It's one of those things that you can say at some point, hey, do you know these two guys actually wrestled once? But overall, it was, uh, it was better than I was worried it was going to be. But all I kept thinking, I think Scott's point the entire time was, I really wish this would have been Punk and Kenta.
0: I did too. I, I, I've heard that both of them shot it down at different times. So I don't know. Dumb move by Kenta's part, if that's the case. We never, and we next have a four-way match for the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy versus sex Sabre Jr. versus Shibata versus Daniel Garcia. That was fine. I, 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 it, 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 I will say I kind of popped for Danny Garcia's little dance. I don't know why I pop for it. I just think of his new character as like, you know, like uh gigolo or I don't know, like twink for a rich guy. Um, I- I'm into it. Uh, as far as the match, it, it, it did have the problem that most four ways happen where, you know, you got to get people out of the ring and then you do, you know, you do the spot between the two guys and, you know, you had the spot between... Orange Cassidy and, and Shibata where they were slapping each other back and forth. That was cool. I think we've seen that before, but yeah, j- just, it just kind of felt like, you know, just a four way. What
2: did you think, Scott? Uh, I think Orange Cassidy does this thing where he is such a character and such a um, a well-played character. That's like entertaining and even brings in casuals that whoever he's facing you see their character clearer. Um it's more elevated. So a guy like Daniel Garcia, where sometimes you're like, wait, why is he in this group and this is happening? And where he's like a, a combination of a lot of things and you're not exactly sure what he is, all of a sudden he's in the ring with Orange and it's clear who he is. All of a sudden Zach isn't just a technical wrestler, which some people might find boring, not us. Now he's like this huge character um that might as well be from Street totally Fighter. Right. And uh, the same with Shibata, you know, Shibata is such a character and um, Cassidy brought that out of them where it felt more like a cartoon. And this was the most fun I had, at least up until this point, you know, in in the show where I was like, hell yeah, this does feel like a sort of video game forbidden door um, thing. Whereas the matches before kind of felt just slower paced and not really, um, oh, this is topsy turvy that this is happening which I kind of liked. Like, I liked with Orange and Will Ospreay last year. It, 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 it like, defined what the pay-per-view was kind of supposed to do. And Punk... Uh, um, What's-his-face, you know, didn't really do that. And MJF Tanahashi was supposed to do that, but... You know, Punk Kojima, happen. it seemed like a chapter... Kojima, sorry. Sorry. It seemed like Punk and Kojima, that whole m-
0: match just felt like a chapter in the Punk Elite storyline that is eventually going to be told rather than on that show you know yeah uh, robert what do you think of this four-way
3: it was fine i think scott's point up until this point it was the most fun match i actually enjoyed their tag match on dynamite last week a lot more than the four-way and i think that was kind of a little bit of a a, a letdown for me because i think that orange and uh and shibata against uh zach saber and danny garcia was a hell of a lot of fun on dynamite and then this as a four-way it's, it's always naturally going to be a little clunky because that's just the way four-ways are. And it it got these guys on camera. It was fine.
0: You know, the only time my favorite, like, I think one of my favorite four-ways ever was the that SummerSlam where it was like Joe, Roman, Brock, and Braun. And yeah, you love that, that match. Yeah, well, the reason for that is like because they were such big guys when someone got knocked out, it felt more organic than when, like, a little guy gets knocked out. I think that's the only reason. Um, all right, Sonata... First Jungle Boy. Speaking of big guys. No (laughs) heat. It was for the IWGP championship. I mean, the big lesson from this match is get the belt off Sonata and get it off quick. Uh, Because, I mean, the moonsault finish was just a fucking fart in church. Then we, uh, of course, get the uh, turn with Jungle (laughs) Boy and um, Jungle Boy turning on hook. We kind of knew it was coming uh, from like how many camera shots they went back and forth. I actually kind of like that kind of production stack because I think it, it builds to like, you know, the betrayal that's going to happen, unlike uh, Dynamite Show, which literally had promos on top of an ounce. I mean, it was insane how many bad technical mispaps there were this past Wednesday. Um, But yeah, I I, I like that. And then I love Taz's reaction. Scott, what did you think of this match?
2: Yeah, I actually, I did want more out of it because I have seen Sonata have so many bangers and I've seen Jungle Boy have so many bangers. I have too, I've seen Jungle Boy, for sure. And I think the thing about both of them is I think they're two guys who we were kind of told at an early time they were going to be the faces of their company, right? And I know Sonata is the champion uh, in New Japan right now, but he ain't the face of the company And, and he's great and everything, but he is kind of insulted the way jungle boy is on, on a level where it's like, there's this potential, but it isn't fully there. And what is that? Um, so I thought it was like an opportunity for them to both knock it out of the park, but instead it was just a match. Two guys had that I liked, but it didn't do much for me. And I'm glad jungle boy isn't with hook anymore, but obviously jungle boy turning heel, It does seem like it needs to be a little more like, um, complicated because he did come off like such a sweet little boy that you go, well, what would make him turn? Uh, And it needs to be explained a little better, you know? No, it's almost like Tony, like
0: heard like, Oh, he's a dick at wrestling conventions. Everybody knows that. So people will get why he's a dick,
2: you know? Yeah. And- I will say this. I think Taz did a phenomenal job. And I think I Taz, uh, I think Taz is going to make this angle, uh if they give it time on TV, like some summertime must see TV. If they let Taz uh go for it, it's gonna be awesome.
0: If they have some physicality and, and Jungle Boys does something to Taz, that's enough heat, baby. Robert. Yeah, man.
3: Uh yeah, this was a means to an end. This was get these guys on there so we can get to the angle afterwards, which is fine. Um, the match was just kind of there. Crowd didn't really care, and that's okay because it further feeds the story of jungle boy feeling like you guys all turned on me, you know, I hate you hook and I hate you, AEW audience. So it worked. It wasn't a, wasn't a memorable match. Wasn't a great match. It was solid. And then the post-match stuff. Yeah. Taz is a fucking all-star and his whole, like you, you you done fucked up. Like my son's going to kill you. Is kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Um, Next up we have a match that
3: Meltzer loved. Of course he did. He got and the fucking I, check cashed.
0: <laughs> I I did not uh I did not love this match. Um but uh the th- that was just that was that was my thoughts. Uh it's the uh the Elite uh Hangman on a Page, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Eddie Kingston, and Ishii versus the Blackpool Combat Club uh as well as uh Takeshita and Shota Umano um, I thought Takeshita looked like a star I thought Eddie Kingston tried to make sense of a of a match that you know nobody was really nobody was really fucking making sense of and um and they and, and it, Eddie did not get help by production because it seemed like every great moment where Eddie was like he was either trying to have a moment with Moxley or when he saves Moxley from the double super kick The way they shot it was weird you didn't get like a reaction shot like a really facial reaction shot from eddie you know it just felt like it needed like when you see like the usos and roman and all the stuff that's going on there like just the way they shoot it you know like helps it a lot and i feel like the way they shoot things in aew they like miss reaction shots all the fucking time um but maybe i'm being too hard on this uh what do you think scott
3: Scott's on mute. Scott, he he he.
2: I was listening. I read some time back, Wait, wait, wait,
3: Scott! You you sound all garbled.
0: Scott? Scott? Oh no! Oh, you're garbling, buddy. Why don't you come back and come back in? Why don't you get out and come back in?
3: Leave and come back to the forbidden door of actual oh, connectivity. Oh, there oh. we go. Oh my uh, god! Oh, so you're uh, coming to me now for it to be the bright ray of sunshine as to why uh, you were wrong this, about this ma- on
0: this move on this match I just dumped on.
3: No, I, I think here here's the thing. Um, you were 100 percent right. Eddie Kingston was the the unsung hero of this match, trying to make sense of everything to give you those moments. The the saving Moxley, it's like, you know, I, I I hate Claudio, but I love you, Moxley. And I think, Dan, you Texas this group, like, this is something they could build to Wembley and give them a really good emotional one-on-one match, whether they're doing it all in or all out or whatever that may be. Uh, Takeshita here did look like a star. Uh, the problem with him right now is I think he's still figuring out how to wrestle like a heel he still went to some of those sort of more basic babyface tendencies of going to the crowd and looking for a reaction and he's got to kind of break himself of that habit, but he does look really, really impressive. Uh, the match, I think, went long think for my taste. you
0: your heel and look at the crowd if, if, as long as it's like, fuck you.
3: No, but it wasn't. If it was look at the crowd and be like, you know, fuck you, that's fine. It was looking to the crowd for approval and it's like, it's a habit you just got to kind of get out of, mm-hmm. but I, I, I thought, you know, he who we talking about? To catch we're them.
0: talking about. Originally, we went to you, but you like sounded like you were getting dragged underwater. And this is the elite versus Blackpool Combat Club that match.
3: Oh, yes, Scott. Scott uh, was was escaping the Titanic, and here we are. But uh, it was it just it was a little long at twenty two minutes long or whatever. It just it felt like it just kind of kept going when you knew the finish was going to wind up being like you know my boy Wheeler I'm losing uh but uh it was there i i don't like the the bucks and uh the less i see of them the happier i'm gonna be
2: Got? yeah i think you know a lot of guys a lot of movement um a little too much right yeah i think we love every guy in the match i think every guy in the match definitely had moments where we were like hell yeah uh, and it would be cool in a highlight video, but when you see it all together, yeah, it's a little, it's a little too much. It's a little too scrambled, you know. It's just they're rushing these, and stories. and that's all that happened for me.
0: You could have gotten some more. I, yeah, TV
2: I don't even know this. Out of what? I mean, I think you're continuing to get more TV out of it. That's the well, other. thing. it feels know? like they're going right to the
0: dark Order stuff.
3: But like, well, no, they're they're getting to the uh, blood and guts. Yeah,
0: they're, they're doing blood, blood and guts. I'm I'm more talking about like Eddie Kingston and, and the Bucks like as far as their relationship getting together and dissolving, but I mean let's see if he's in the match right if he's in the match then yeah oh, he is oh.
2: yeah oh yeah, he, he came is. out and got his ass kicked yeah yeah all right, all right. well I'm wrong
0: Tony Storm uh, versus Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's Championship, Uh is back so we didn't see her for a while and. No real explanation about where she went. Uh, anyway, so Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale, AEW Women's Championship. Uh, I think Willow Nightingale is a star, but it's not really her time. I think Tony's gotten better. Um, she's starting to look like more like Tony Storm from NXT UK. Uh, than she she's she ever has. Um, but you know, it's a it was a weird match to have on the card. You know, it's. It's like two. It it it's like the United Empire match from earlier. You know, you, you when you see when you see two people of the same promotion fighting each other, you're kind of like, well, why is this on the show? You know, because uh, Sasha become? Banks is injured. I know, but they could have gotten somebody else from Stardom that doesn't usually fight there. You know.
2: Yeah, I do agree. I I uh, I do agree with that. I I don't think. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't think Tony thinks about the women's division too much or the women's matches. I think I'll say this. I, it's like I'm starting to enjoy the three women in Riot Squad more, but I don't like Riot Squad. And I even like them well, together. It's, also, it's called
0: the Outcasts.
2: Oh, yeah. My right, yeah. right, sister, what, what, What's the group. Riot Squad? That was that was Ruby, uh, Ruby and Live and uh oh god, yeah.
0: hilarious. Yeah, it's a, but anyway. it's, it's a literally it's the same fucking stable, just worse. Like the well, Al- yeah, it's Al- like just like a toothless uh, fucking riot squad.
2: Yeah, it's like I've kind of hated everything they've done up until the last few weeks, and I do not like this the green spray paint. But I have really enjoyed them the last few weeks. So it's like, damn, what do you do? I think that's also like what we might see with the dark order heel turn, which I think is going to be a, a really fun to see a uh, Johnny hungry running around like a little, uh, one of those little ghosts in, uh, in, in super Mario brothers. It's going to be a blast.
0: <laughs>
2: Jeez. Isn't that Pac-Man? <laughs> but you know, it, it is going to get, no, I'm thinking about in the, uh, in the, in the haunted house, uh, scenes you know or whatever the castle oh, scenes right. There's it's like sad those.
3: that he knew exactly what scott was talking about like that's <laughs> this is a new low for me here so thank you
0: <laughs> i i see it more as like those bullets from mario 3 but or the cannons whatever oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. what, is, what is
3: going on um robert
0: what you yeah
2: we need mike from this
3: yeah I, look i i think what you, you could get him and the other guys and they could be like a club of bullets That'd be a really <laughs> cool gimmick. What do you um, think
0: of this match?
3: I, I like, I like Willow Nightingale. I, I'm, I'm fine. They didn't try to bring somebody in from stardom just because. Respectfully, they have enough women on their own roster that you don't know who they are half the time, and they just kind of throw certain people out there. Um, I'm glad they didn't use this like, oh, let's bring back Riho for a one-off or something like that. Giving the the women that are talented reps is always going to be preferable, in my opinion, and this was totally fine. Uh I get why Willow was there since she has the the title for New Japan or uh, something that she didn't she win it from uh from yeah. Sasha yeah,
2: yeah. mid match yeah.
3: So all right, so they they tried to tie it in a little bit and it was uh it was fine.
0: New Japan Strong Women's Champion Willow Nightingale. Next up uh this match went 40 minutes instant classic besides one caveat that I'll just
3: you know, get away. Besides so one get massive a- bald asterisk,
0: yeah, one massive bald asterisk that I'll, I'll mention before I I, I hand it over to Scott. Will Osprey defeated Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Look, the only thing that like really kind of tug tugged, tugged at my nuts during this is the was you your know, hand. Is it, <laughs> you uh, know it? Yeah, that's they they ordered uh, Don Callis to the back. Uh, the referee ordered him to the back. And then he just came out showing, you know, like AEW referees are always pretty feckless, but this is a new level of just ineptitude. And he was able to, uh, well, we'll talk about it, but he was able to just come back. There was no mention of why he was allowed back. And then they did the screwdriver spot, which again, it's like, I'm seeing these guys kill each other. Like we see a tiger driver that literally almost ended fucking Kenny Omega. Uh, and then you hit him at the short end of the screwdriver, that would hurt, but it wouldn't like stun you, you know, um, it would just, it would just be painful or it would kill you if you did, it, you know, with enough speed. But if it's just dotting him on the head, that would just be really fucking annoying. So after this amazing match, I kind of wish, I kind of wish that they, even if they had used a different weapon, like I, I don't like MJF's knuckles. I don't know what the fuck to use a bar, just something that looks like it fucking hurts, but everything else in this match, was absolutely excellent i mean kenny i mean he just he gives his entire body to this fucking business man i mean i've never seen it's it's kind of like the last time i've seen anything like this it's almost like mick foley you know in some ways i mean you know he's not as reckless as mick foley and he, he doesn't put himself in that many hard situations but everything looks like it hurts i think it's the opposite of what Cornette thinks uh and osprey's a, a gigantic star and was just tremendous in this match and you know it, it it's probably the best bell-to-bell match i've seen this year um if it wasn't for the don calla stuff scott
2: yeah um in defense of a screwdriver it didn't end the match it would at all um He hit Omega with a one winged angel after he hit him with a screwdriver and Omega kicked out at one. There was, there was more match to go. It didn't end the
0: match. No, it didn't end the match this time. This wasn't the cage match. You're right.
2: Yeah. And and I I think the Don Callis thing, I think Kevin Kelly, actually, if you rewatch it six times, like, you know, um, a wrestling fan would, no (laughs) kidding. Um, But if you do watch it and you, and you focus on the idea that people were insulting, why did Callis come back out? Um, Okay, so one, we obviously realize why he was out there in the first place, right? This is, uh, this is part of the storyline. It does make sense that even offering these goons, which it's like, who are they? It allows him to be there at ringside because he does not have anything to do with Osprey. So he's got to lie to Osprey and say, hey, I'm Canadian, I could can give you security. It's, it's bogus. All he needs is to be out there and that got him out there, right? In order to fuck Kenny, which he eventually did. Now, in any match... You have this storyline, but in order to have an iconic match, you do need the manager to shut the fuck up and go away, right? And so the manager shut the fuck up and went away for a while. And we got to watch this amazing match unfold, right? Now, the manager comes back to conclude a storyline and complete the match, right? But what, what gives us permission for him to come back is throughout the match, at least three times before he comes back, Kevin Kelly says, New Japan referees... They, they choose with discretion, okay? That That's why the guys were allowed even past a 20 count, which is New Japan rules, um, when like Kenny and stuff did the DDT outside the ring um, onto the uh, stairs. They were out there for like two minutes. No one complains about that because the idea is New Japan referees during championship matches have discretion because they understand how important a a a championship match is that these guys will kill each other that shit will get crazy but then and for the men Don and back? for the fans, they will not just like if he has he a... did send on yeah. back initially and. But Why would he sit because back? It was an old, because he was fucking it up, and he sent him back. And then when he came back, he wasn't doing much other than talking to him, he, talking to Will. And so he's like, fuck it. This match has gotten to a point where, again, I need to use my discretion. And we're at a point where if I DQ, the fans will be upset. So let's continue going. He didn't see him hand him a screwdriver. All he saw him do was talk to Will Ospreay. And now let's get to this awesome moment in the match, right? So... So he comes, Don Callis comes back out, which is so important because Will Ospreay does not know how to beat Kenny Omega. Is, by the and way, like thinks, the GFK
0: magic bullet speech. This is a I I know.
2: It's awesome. So ready, ready, ready. Get get ready for this. So, so Will does not know how to beat Kenny. It's obvious, right? They're killing each other and he can't do it. So Don comes back out and he whispers to Will, hit him with, what does he hit him with? The Kamagoye, right? First, initially, which is, um, a Abushi's move. With like um, this move, is, get in his head. He loves Ibushi, get in his head. He does it. He doesn't realize that getting in his head in terms of abushi doesn't mean he will be destroyed. It means he will get stronger. Callus doesn't realize that, right? He goes, fuck. So then Osprey goes back to Callus and Callis whispers in his ear again. I taught Kenny everything, right? I'm the guy who's been with him since he was a kid. What does Kenny do the best? He hits the one-winged Angel. Nobody's ever kicked out of it other than a Bushi, right? Hit him with the one-winged Angel. I trained him. This is the move that kills everybody. And he hits him with it, and Kenny kicks out at one. Because that's Kenny's strongest move. But that's not the thing that can beat Kenny. Turns out, Callis doesn't know what beats Kenny. And he doesn't know what what, what makes Kenny stronger. And that's Getting what's so fucking dope. <laughs> and that's what's so dope about this. Is you... you Don Callis is standing there going, I, I got the recipe to defeat Kenny. Here you go, Will. And, and it's it's none of that other than, you know, cheat your ass off a million times. It was fucking poetry. It was awesome. And it proves that Kenny, I mean, the amount of times he kicked out, unlike an NXT match or an Adam Cole match where the kick kickouts kick are like, What's happening here? It's like, oh, my God, this, this guy has Canada in his heart. This guy has Ibushi in his heart. This guy has pro wrestling in his heart. It was fucking awesome for the reasons he was fighting back, and it made sense, and it made the pinfall all, all the more important. Um, the end. Best match in, in many a years.
0: I it was a great match. I still didn't really understand Callis coming back and forth logistically. but
2: I mean, Well, like- it's because you're unwilling to, to pay attention, and you're a fucking uh, lame mark a lame mark I'm like, a bar complain about this you're like I, because you eat too much fast food and so it makes your brain negative
0: <laughs> I liked a lot of it I I had a problem with that one element. Why can't I have I, one
2: thing? No you can but then you can also go oh wait that's what that's why he was out there because no one ever minds when it happens in every other match in history where a guy I, we, we've gets been familiar the Roman back.
0: Back. Uh, All right well whatever. Yeah
2: exactly
0: we did all right. Well, Scott, again, is his—he sounds like it's just fat loser shit. It's okay. Are you back? Because you keep breaking up. You talk a lot of shit for somebody who's using his mom's shitty
2: modem right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Then you're using words like breaking up. <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Call me a fat loser. Well. <laughs> his he's <laughs> his mom to be like get off kayak while i use this <laughs> yeah so, yeah, uh, yeah she's like honey are you doing video games right now <laughs> <laughs> all right speaking of fat loser shit robert what did you think of this match
3: sorry i couldn't hear scott on his cricket wireless uh, prepaid cell phone <laughs> um, yeah. look it- when when Randy Savage wrestled Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 3, it's funny because I had a, a friend who watched that match who hadn't seen it before. And he was all excited. I like, hear it's the best match ever. And then you watch it and you forget that there's like all the George the Animal Steel bullshit that yeah. kind of interrupts it. And you're like, fuck, I, I this is the best match ever. I wish it didn't have that. I kind of wish this match didn't have some of that bullshit. I will say Scott's argument for this was compelling for some of it. Some of the points you were making about... Don getting in in Osprey's ear and and trying to coach him. But you didn't need 80% of Don Callis there. You could have accomplished that with two or three beats. It was just unnecessary. And I thought that the stuff with the Canadian flag... Was kind of unnecessary because the crowd was already bought in on this match. I get you wanted it to be. I a, loved it.
0: I loved it. I get you <laughs> wanted it to be a booch, a or booch, yeah, whatever.
3: A cheer bo- I didn't think you needed it. I mean, Osprey you did needed it well, it or else
0: it was no, you did because. You don't want it to turn into AJ Styles and Nakamura at WrestleMania 34 where you get bored because it's just like two babyfaces going. Dude, to- I, no, I,
3: so they already set Ospreay up as not being a babyface. The whole reason he needed private security was because he was bad-mouthing Canada. I think you could have done a promo in the back before, even just for the live crowd, have him stir him up. The flag stuff, it, it was it was prop heat in a match that didn't necessarily need prop heat because I think the audience was invested in the story my takeaway from this in the same way my takeaway is before is Will Ospreay is fucking incredible. And I wish he was in a company where he got real global exposure on a on a main stage. I get that he wants to be in New Japan. I get that he loves being in New Japan and wants to do what he's doing there and sees himself as this guy who can put a spotlight on the company. There's a barrier of entry to be able to watch New Japan. You have to get the certain fees. You have to order a separate subscription service. If he was in AEW or if he was in WWE, I think he would be 10 times the star he is now and really be making a, a long-term impactful change on the industry versus what he does now, which is he's like the best indie director out there.
2: Well, who knows? May, may I say one more thing about this match before we yeah. go to Okada?
3: Okay. I don't know. It depends. Um, will, your, will your phone, uh, will your modem and cordless phone hold up?
2: Yeah, as long as I can speak clearly, I don't want to. Um, but uh, what I do love about these these other moments of like the Canadian flag, right, or the little kid doing Kenny's bang, which is like, my God, we're, like what a moment in pro wrestling! A little kid shooting at a man, you know um and everybody going crazy for it and it not but winding I think... up on a
3: dark side
0: isn't that how that uh florida promotion story ends?
2: <laughs> but having these moments and having you know um men outside of the ring with bane masks right and yet having um the hardest hitting moments i've maybe ever seen in a pro wrestling match you know and and that includes uh you know guys from like all japan and shit and so you have all of these amazing moments in one wrestling match and that's why it doesn't just make a great wrestling match it's having these pretty moments and successfully you know making a crowd care and making us you know care that is why it's such a great professional wrestling match because they include these perfect these, especially North American professional wrestling tropes and they they make them fucking fantastic it's like it, it is a comic standing up there and talking about airline food in a moment but doing it in a way Brian Regan does where it's funny I thought this was badass they took New Japan and they went what what does American wrestling mean and, and it's kind of circusy and, and dog shit and so they took it and they made it the best match ever. Well, That's Gato,
0: That's not fair. Gato has been fucking using run-ins for booking the last couple of years. I mean, he's been borrowing a but lot. But this was
2: more than run-ins. This was, this was, this was. Well, no, I'm just this saying. This was wrestling Americano, dude. And it, This was apple pie.
3: It was, but this is the one time where I, who's the storyline guy, is like, you know what? I would have liked to have seen a little less storyline and a little bit more of just enjoy the purity of how fun this fucking match was. But I think there was enough story there. You didn't need it. It wasn't bad. Well, some of the Don Cowell stuff was bad, but some of it wasn't bad. I just didn't think you needed it. I think the match would have been just as good without a couple of those beats, but we're splitting hairs on it.
0: Yeah, it was an excellent Amen. match. It's like getting, you know, a ribs and some sides and one of the sides is like, eh, I wish this coleslaw wasn't vinegar based, you know? See I don't just eat fast food Scott Scott talking shit While his cheap ass fucking internet service Breaks
3: up Yes well Dan just tried to convince you that coleslaw is a salad
2: (laughs) Yeah And I only eat vegetables Because they're what's in a garden that I steal from (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sting, Darby Allen, and
0: Naito Defeated Lay Suzuki Gods Which was Jericho Sammy And Suzuki um look man i mean
3: that's all you need to say
0: you know look, man i mean <laughs> i mean that's kind of what i feel about jericho segments now like even the one i saw in collision it's goofy it kind of feels like spinal tap i know that I'm, I'm going to be entertained the whole time but i know the match isn't going to be that great and that's or the segment's going to be that great and that's kind of what i felt about this match was i mean sting was really off obviously um I think the thing that was the most distracting in this match is somehow Tony Khan has got into his mind that Sammy Guevara is going to be his next big baby face. So he's doing like all this stuff. He's like, all right, I'll let the guy pose. Oh, I don't want to hit. I don't want to like crush sting through a table, but everyone's like, boo, you still suck. So that's like kind of like awkward storytelling, but you know, the match, it was like a popcorn match. It probably should have been five minutes shorter. What do you think about this Scott?
2: Yeah. I think also after, after the match we just saw, you start going, okay, how many more matches? Cause you just want to kind of enjoy one or two more and then call it a night. Right. Um, yeah, this match is better in pictures. I I like this match for the cute little moments of, of Suzuki posing with Jericho and Sammy or even sting standing in the ring with Naito, which we actually saw already this year in Japan. Um, yeah, it's just something that could have been shorter, but I I did think they did a good job, and I thought the crowd was super into it, which I thought wasn't going to happen.
0: Crowd was super into it for sure. Yeah, um, that's never been his problem. The problem is, is that it's just, you know, it's starting to be like Jericho matches are starting to become like Jeff Jarrett matches with how they're booked, where it's just like, yeah, hey, we'll just throw some shit against the wall, see what sticks.
2: <laughs> Robert, yeah, he's he- hair metal Jarrett
0: yeah i mean it's you know i mean it's just like he's just like what's you he's one of these guys who's like let's use all the ideas <laughs> you know and uh, and then you get this weird hodgepodge soup uh what did, what did you think about this robert
3: i think part of it is by looking at this now through the we saw dynamite it's like well we saw sting and jericho in a ring but then we just saw it again a couple of nights later so this already felt really kind of forgettable and disposable uh, I'm sure the crowd was happy to see it. They got their little holy shit moment, but yeah, I agree with what you guys said it went too long. Didn't really accomplish a lot. And Tony thinking that Sammy's going to be a baby face is, uh, that's going to be an uphill battle, dude. That's, that's all I can say.
0: Yeah. It's going to be a real uphill battle. Um, next up, be Brian Danielson versus Okada, a really good match that becomes a great one. When you realize Brian's fucking arm was broken for the last 10 minutes of the goddamn match
3: and you realize that okada was dead the whole time
0: uh, <laughs> jesus christ dude when i, I don't know if, if, if no one's seen a picture of the break it's yeah. not a sprain he fucking broke it in half he wasn't selling um you know and and when you think about the intricacies of the submissions at the end of the match and that he was able to do all of this shit with a broken fucking arm you're left away with like, yeah, it wasn't Omega and Ospreay, but it really, it kind of fucking fed the legend of Brian Danielson of like, I think this is going to be one of the things we think about when people like, okay, if you're, you know, wrestling, wrestling back of the room debate, you know, like who's better, Michaels, you know, Danielson, Omega, the the guy who's going to say Danielson is going to bring up, this guy wrestled the last 10 minutes in a match with Okada and went to a finish in a submission with a broken fucking arm.
2: Unbelievable. Scott, what did you think of this? Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, before film, that, like, it's that type of legend, that before people recorded it, you would still hear about a thing like this, you know? Yeah. Like old-time wrestlers, you'd be like, this, this, and you're like, wow, really? Danielson is like a uh, hundred years ago, he is he is a legend, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean And I think the, the while only criticism- I obviously enjoyed this match.
0: Yeah. No, go ahead, man. No, I said, I think the only criticism I would have is that, you know, I think they're both, you know, two of the best wrestlers in the world, but they're almost at the best sometimes when they're slowing somebody else down, like whether that's hangman page or Kenny Omega or Jay lethal, Will Ospreay. Um, so uh, I, I, I felt like it was almost like, it's like seeing a comedic duo with two straight men, like, even if they're really good straight men, you're kind of like, yeah, but you you know, like you don't compliment each each other as well as we want you to, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. And you know, there was a little element of um, when, when the tap happens, you go, Oh, I think the story was kind of supposed to be that obviously this was going to go long. Like, I don't think this match was going to go long. I, I, I don't, I think he fought with the broken arm for 10 more minutes, but it was probably only going to go like 12 more minutes is my guess. Um, Because of how they were telling the story and because of that finish, It you know, um, a tap from Okada is a moment that's unpredictable. It is a moment that I think the intention is to make an audience feel like, oh, real sport, you know, someone getting knocked out early, someone being forced to have to have to do a thing um so the story in the next match is like hey you know shit happens guys get caught up and they gotta tap like this ain't over you know but instead it's a guy with a broken arm making someone who might be the greatest wrestler tap out and I think that's something we also aren't mentioning every time we talk about how Danielson beat someone with a broken arm we're talking about how Okada lost to a man who had one arm and I I can't wait for Danielson to be like I broke you know I beat Okada with one arm that's hilarious but it does kind of hurt Okada and uh I I hope they tell that story in new japan that 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 is affecting his psyche so when he beats his ass at Reco- wrestle kingdom it 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 means a lot you know
0: and you definitely have to roll this one back for sure um Robert what do you think of this yes. match
3: uh, so before I get to my thoughts the the illustrious Mike Lawrence had uh, had texted me about this match and said it's proof that MJF is a better wrestler than Okada cuz he wrestled Danielson for an hour and didn't injure him. So <laughs> you can you can't argue with that. Look, this was yes, it was a lot of fun. It feels like they were trying to set this up for a rematch cuz if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he hit the rainmaker. Like that was the whole thing. Like he didn't hit his his big move. And yeah, then the and that's very kept,
2: common in an Okada match. But they yeah. kept
3: trying to make a point of it that, like, you know, yes, he lost, but he didn't hit his big move. So it's like well, we could get a rematch, but I don't know how long it's going to take Danielson. Knowing mean, Danielson, he'll be healed like in a week because he's just a fucking freaking. Oh, he'll be agent, ready, but
0: yeah. he'll be ready for January, that's for sure.
3: And, and yeah, no, the, the match was a lot of fun. The thing that struck me is kind of odd, and this is just nitpicky because this is who I am they brought out the final countdown music which is a super baby face move for a dude who's been uh, you know the heel leader of an evil faction i don't know why he would want to let that music even be played like why why do something that's going to get the crowd behind you when he wants the audience to hate him so much well, it was
0: a little bizarre but i also felt like because blackpool wasn't out there and chaos wasn't out there it was like this was like a this was almost like a time capsule match. It like... felt
3: like a time capsule match, but the, the storyline going into it was not a time capsule thing. No. It was like, no. I'm going to drag you into the desert. Like, like Danielson was still being a dick. And then it turned into like, well, we're just going to do a baby face, baby face match. And here's a fun song. And then the crazy thing about the song was when it came out that they said Tony Khan paid as much for this song as a wrestler's contract for a year just to license it for this one off. It's like, yeah, this is, the dude doesn't care about money. that's
0: to Fuego Del Sol getting his release paper. Yes, he's just, <laughs> you see him in the
3: background rolling by with his wheelie bag. <laughs> but ultimately, yeah,
2: I, I'm sorry, Scott, what? No, I definitely don't think Tony should have worded it that way either. I think that's like super shitty and dumb.
3: It, it was a little, it was a little weird in his part. Like, don't like, it didn't make this match infinitely better. Um, like I get when hey, they are did...
0: you guys saying Tony Khan's not good at PR.
3: That's crazy. No, he's, he's the best. Like I get when there was the ECW one night stand and they licensed enter Sandman. Like that was a great moment. Cause it was like the one time you were potentially ever going to see Sandman again. I don't think you needed Final Countdown here because this audience is so conditioned to Danielson's new theme, and you want them to boo him and cheer Okada. Are they that still going to cheer Robert Danielson?
0: Special shitting on AEW while praising WWE for that is, is that God is
3: what WWE. I'm here for. It is my bri- Look, I, am, I am the Brian Danielson of being able to find a way to put over WWE no matter what. <laughs> yeah, um, which he will be in a couple of years when he wants to go back for the Hall of Fame.
0: Did Scott just leave again?
3: Scott just vanished. Uh, All right.
0: He- I- uh all right out of the out of the Scotty Meltzer if you guys don't know this Dave Meltzer has a uh, has a brother who is a corporate magician uh he has done work for the show out of the Scotty Meltzer flaming bowling pin scale what would you give it Robert Uh
3: so this is time because it's looking at the entirety of the show I think the Osprey match was incredible the Danielson match was a lot of fun there was other good stuff in there Overall, I thought it was it was definitely a little on the long side and there was some stuff that wasn't great. I'm gonna go three point seven five flaming bowling pins just because I think there was a lot of extraneous stuff that uh kind of just dragged. If you clip this to two hours, this is probably four and a half bowling pins.
0: I would do four point two five just because it delivered on the stuff it said it was
3: gonna deliver. And no, because stuff... we didn't get Adam Cole.
0: <laughs> the stuff I mean, <laughs> the stuff that it didn't deliver, we kind of figured You know, I feel like I would have given a higher mark if some of these other matches jumped out at me more. But,
2: uh, you know, still a very good show. Scott? Um, I will give it a... It's at a five, right? A 4.75, only for length. I genuinely have fun with a lot of matches. And the only issue with some of the matches were, you know, they went a little long. Or they could have been on another night, right? And so it's like length is an issue. Um, but holy shit, did the things that were supposed to deliver, in my opinion, deliver more other than obviously an injury? But you're right, that is going to have like a legend attached to it, which is pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was just like a really positive, awesome night for, uh, for pro wrestling.
0: And now to review Dynamite, uh, hour one Mox versus EGE Adam and Adam Cole and MJF backstage. MJF is playing up the whole, hey, we're buds now. Uh, Kingston and Mox are backstage with Renee. That was very compelling, I thought. Uh, An Osprey Omega package, uh, Orange Cassidy, Keith Lee, and Viking El Dehio or whatever the fuck versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. Man, that was Botch City. Uh, Dark Order promo with the Elite backstage, which I liked, but I felt like you should have saved that match for next week almost. I guess you got to get blood and guts out there. I don't know. Elite versus Dark Order, Jericho and Sammy backstage. Yeah, that was that was hour one. That was hour one. Um, I uh, m- my notes for this hour was like, I thought it was really, it, w- it did not make Adam Cole one thing that MJF and this would this he would do a lot better with this if they had like competent producers who were looking out for that. I don't think he should have brought up the fact that Adam Cole got sick i think they should have made up a whole different reason for why that fucking match didn't go on because adam him like calling out adam cole for being sick after mjf does wrestle makes adam cole kind of look like a fucking loser um which that was mjf's point but i don't know if it really helps him as a character uh the kingston and moxley stuff i mean i don't know what it is about those guys man you put them together and it's always compelling because now you kind of want to see like Kingston turn Mox baby face, or now you want to see Mox as a heel and Kingston as a baby face. You don't really want to see Kingston and Claudio anymore. Um, the triple threat match, I thought, six
3: man six-man tag, six
0: man tag. I'm sorry. I love orange Cassidy, but we don't need him on every fucking show, man. Keith Lee's reaction. They've killed him, dude. Like it was totally flat when he came out there. Uh, and, uh, And they they had in this match, there was like a promo over a video package during a match. And there was like three sound cues happening at the same time. Like Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy finding partners was awesome. I thought that was really fun. But then after seeing the match and seeing how bad Viking El Hingo, like your hero, got got like kept botching, especially on Keith Lee. I was like, well, I guess that's why you don't find partners like that. You got to put some more thought into it because. I mean, poor Keith Lee, man. He was trying to compensate for this guy, but this dude was fucking lost. Uh and uh and Tony Schiavone was hilarious during that Dark Order match. Absolutely hilarious. He like they kept like asking him, should he leave the Dark Order? And he's like, Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he was just totally burying Dark
2: Order the whole time. Scott, what do you think of this first hour? Um I really enjoyed Ishii versus Moxley. I liked that the guys didn't interfere, but Eddie was, you know, they were still involved. Um, yeah. Dude, Eddie and Mox, you're absolutely right. And I thought Renee too, you know, Renee back and forth the whole show. And and I, I think this was my favorite part of the show was the way that they like jumped backstage and um, with Renee and then set up the matches and then back to Renee And back to a match, and then back. Got, like um, like a pro wrestling show, and not just a wrestling show.
0: Yeah, you still there, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? 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 Yeah, you're a little um, Robert. What do you think of this first
3: hour? Uh, I enjoyed the Moxley She match. I enjoyed that more than their. 10 man tag or whatever that you saw. It was just the announcers made it fun. These guys beat the hell out of each other. It's clear. This is what they wanted to do. Eddie Kingston is just infinitely watchable. He's just a guy that when he's out there, you're like, I wonder what this guy is going to do. And it always delivers yeah,
0: it should be him and MJF. That should be the next big
3: feud. Right? I've said that before when they needed something. I'm like, he's there fully. And mm-hmm. the whole, like him talking about, like, you know, I gave up my, my, getting married and my, my, my mother doesn't have grandchildren because of this. And I, why, you know, I want to win this thing and Max beating him would be fucking fantastic. Uh, but you know, we're getting this instead. The Adam Cole MJF stuff was like, it was goofy WWE. Um, it, it was a weird fit. Like Max made the most out of it. He could, the shirt I thought was kind of funny, uh, for prop stuff, but I don't get it. And Cole did not look great personality-wise in those uh the renee renee i thought was awesome um the uh the the line of the show was when they're arguing about stuff and then they just brought it out like no one cares about Chikara. like that was that was absolutely incredible uh i enjoyed that the osprey Kenny video package I thought was really well done this the six-man tag perversely was so much fucking fun. Yes, they were botching. Yes, Vikingo kicking Keith Lee in the face, and <laughs> Lee looking so pissed off was ah, oh, it was just remarkable. Taz and Tony giving up on that match and just like low key burying everything that was going on is some of the most fun you're ever going to get. I hated the Bucks and Page thing with the Dark Order. It made no sense when they're like. You know, well, you got you didn't talk to us, and we're supposed to be your friends. And so now we're gonna fight you. It's like, I, unless they're going full heel with with uh, the elite, like I don't really understand the point of this story at all. I did like the Jericho and Sammy uh, video or interview with them trying to make like Jericho doing the whole like sting. It's you and I on TBS with Shivani, basically being like, this should have happened in WCW, but you didn't want it to happen. Well, now it's gonna happen. I liked that. I liked the way that they kind of subtly weave that in there. I thought that was uh, that was pretty good.
0: All right. Well, I got some notes from Scott, whose audio is uh, is uh, running
3: out of quarters. Is
0: running out of. He's running out of quarters. Uh, he says, "Tell them I think the first hour was lovely. Felt like they're focusing more on story. Doing a great job jumping to backstage throughout the night. MJF and Cole was was good. It will be great." trust these boys renee a highlight of the evening robert it seems like it seems like there's actually a gun at his head robert Mm -hmm. is right about the jericho promo um and then he wrote uh dan is very handsome i'm so sorry i called him fat which i think uh, it was nice for scott to write that that was Um, whoa mike Mike, you got a run in from mike lawrence hey mike you just this is hilarious after he said he called my Scott said I didn't call you fat I called your ideas fat (laughs) Uh, now Mike uh, you just missed it but Scott's audio has been all over the place and we were talking about the first hour of dynamite and Scott's uh, review was uh, that it was all great what did you think of this first hour
1: yeah I love that Scott's audio is broken but uh, the rest of him is still robotic and running
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs)
1: i i thought that um this felt like an episode from like 2020 it was like it did not feel like um, but you know like in, in a good way in some ways of how simple it was like but uh it didn't really progress much i love dude i mean i i know i know my bias on adam cole is very well known but Look at the personality difference between him and MJF and that.
3: Thank and that. you. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, it was like, a, you just see the the polar opposites of what these guys can do.
1: Mike, can you just say, yeah, hey, sorry. Did he added nothing to that? And, and it's funny because he's so easy to work off of MJF. He's so like giving in that character of like, being like a, a dipshit heel and, and annoying, like he's so easy to make fun of, and just Adam Cole just like acting like it felt like he acted like he was above the sketch when he should be fucking lucky to be Anna.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, the uh, look, I like that Renee is actually concerned that her husband's trying to kill himself. Dude, he uh, g- he
0: gassed real bad on this one.
1: Dude, yeah. I like... I Like, you know, I... You you guys already reviewed Forbidden Door, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I won't go into that, but I love the way that Taz has been with Hook and how he, like, left commentating after Hook got attacked. I love this with Renee. They make... It makes them feel like people. It makes them feel, like, concerned, and they're not just characters. They're human beings, and when their family's involved, they act differently. So, I... I that's like probably like my my biggest like strength this week. I think, in terms of like, the booking. I I don't I don't think WWE even does that that much, you know. Like we never like, and I think AEW often gets it wrong, like with the hot and cold like Cole and Baker stuff. But I don't know. Renee as this level headed interviewer, and her husband as the most insane person on the roster is a really fun story. <laughs> and. And I mean, I feel like anything you any you could rebut any Eddie Kingston argument with no one cares about what happened in Chikara 10 years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is like Moxley has good shit. It's just like it's almost like someone's just got to tell him this is the good stuff. This is the bad
1: stuff. Like I mean, d- that's everyone here, man. Like that's such yeah. the there's no editor. There's and no editor. so the best shit is because there isn't. But the worst shit is because there isn't too. you know yeah like so so it's a it's it's a crazy thing um speaking
3: of worse shit we should get to hour two
1: no i just wanted to say the uh the 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 weirdest thing to me was i thought like the whole sketch with uh vikingo Cassidy and lee was fun but you're already doing a story with wacky tag team partners so so that didn't make sense and did this Sour have the Dark Order stuff? Because I hate those guys. Yes, and, it,
3: had, it had the uh, the the, in the backstage thing with them in the... Yeah, alert. how
1: come you won't play with us anymore? Yeah, you would with your <laughs> new friends. Like, these guys... They, dude, they're such losers. It doesn't work. Remember when it was, like, kind of a serious cult thing? And then it became a joke? Well, now <laughs> it's, it's really them, you know? Yeah, I fucking... I think there's money in, in Silver. He's really Likeable has like the most unique fucking body ever. The other two guys you can just get rid of; they suck and don't add anything to the show.
3: Oh, for your for your edification, Scott referred to uh, John Silver as the little ghost from Mario.
1: (laughs) You mean when you turn your back, he comes closer to you?
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) All right, on to hour two. Uh, We have the end of the Dark Order versus Elite match, which sets up. uh, Blackpool. Why,
1: why does why does Dan only become from Massachusetts when he says
2: dark dark order?
0: Dark, dark order.
1: Uh,
2: uh,
0: so the, so the <laughs> to Black- Dan, a dark
2: order is when he orders Taco Bell at one a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that order. I know, I know. Or or
0: three p.m. <laughs>
3: kind of an evergreen.
0: Yeah, where everybody knows your name, baby. Taco Bell. Uh,
1: <laughs> dark, anyway. here, here lies Dan St. Germain. He lived two months.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he's not dead. He's just lying there. Here lies Dan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's, he, he's like, Yo, Kiero, more wrestling. <laughs> uh, and I, went to, I
0: mean, I was in Montreal last week where it was just put gravy on everything anyway <laughs> that uh i gotta lose my no age. you're not no you're not dan
1: am. in montreal yeah. <laughs> all
0: right so by the way uh shout out to all the lovely girls at sex appeal great great personalities uh what a what a fun city you know me and my wife we had a great time got to eat, eat great enjoy
2: it sex appeal <laughs> what
0: the
1: name of the strip club is sex appeal <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's called Sex Appeal. But we also, you know, we went around old Montreal, had some great meals. It was a fun time. Fun. Yeah. Fun. He tried fun. to
3: babyface himself so fast at the end.
1: <laughs> They're like, we, we changed the name. Uh, it, it, it It's Sex Appeal now, but it used to be Great Personalities. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so
0: uh calling MJF together again. Uh, a Jungle Boy promo that I'm sure everyone's going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, a Sammy segment where he went back to the cue cards cause they're trying to make him a baby face. And they're like, I remember when people liked him when he did that Uh Ruby. Soho versus jobber. And then a Ruby promo that really rivaled the jungle boy promo, Uh a Johnny TV promo. I guess John Morrison is now back in AEW after being in AEW for two weeks. Uh, my old thing with John Morrison, he's only going to be in every promotion for like a month and then immediately uh, leave. So and then finally, our no, he's team. teaming
1: with QT now, so he'll, he'll last a long time.
0: This is a this is a a fun garbage headlining match: Sting and Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Um, you mean
1: Sting versus Sting?
0: I, yeah, well, I will say this: Jericho becoming the pain maker will never not be hilarious. Oh, oh yeah,
2: man!
1: man.
0: Sting versus like the Stung.
2: Clown.
1: <laughs> what? I said. Did I you said, say... whenever, whenever he does the paymaker, he just looks like the clown from Spawn. <laughs> he <does. laughs> well, he does, like a, expecting... he does like a he does like a cat's thing too, where he
0: you yeah. like, always expect him to go like meow. I'm the naughty cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm uh, Mister Mustophiles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he has that fucking like like ooh, I'm a I'm a. I'm a lit I'm a little devilish cat, you know, like it's like, a, it. it's like the yeah, he looks like
1: he's about to growing. say he's he looks like he's about to say he's more jellicle than all the other cats <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, metal the musical
1: jungle Boy promo. I thought it
0: started okay, and then it just went real south. Uh, Ruby Soho always sounds like she's about to cry, no matter what fucking promo it is, whether it's a baby face promo. Reheal promo. It just always sounds like she's about to sob hysterically. Scott, what did you think? Oh, and Takeshi is a star. Uh, Scott,
2: what did you think of this uh, second hour? Uh, all right. Yeah, so hold on. Let me get to my notes so I know. Oh, yeah, we did start with Jungle Boy. Um, Yeah, it started I guess fine, right? Um, I do like that he will be changing the music. But other than that, I was just glad Hook ran out. Um, I think saying, okay, this is how you save this, or, or this is already the intention. But you know, when he says, I'm dating the baddest bitch, or wh- whatever he said, which like doesn't come out of anybody's mouth. So it just sounds like he,
3: he said, he's Didn't... banging the baddest bitch. Oh
2: gosh. It's yeah, like hottest. brutal, man.
3: Oh, hottest, whatever. Yeah.
2: So the only way that works is if like you show uh, video footage of like a month ago, um, Christian finally getting in his ear somehow. Wow. Because Christian is the one who has like the lamest insults and it kind of works because he wears a turtleneck and he's like a weird douche. And if he has the influence of that weird douche again, it almost makes sense. And that's how you save why the promos kind of suck. Oh, the promos kind of suck because uh, his mentor kind of sucks, but in a in a fun way. But otherwise, yikes, man, just have Hook choke him out. I think the match is going to be awesome. I think Taz is going to make this feud like the shit, but but I don't think most of it is coming from Jungle Boy, and, and I, I hope it does. I, lo- I love I Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, he's awesome, man. I got his autograph. I got a picture with him. I'm a big fan. But Let's do this, baby. Hollywood Jack Perry. Hollywood Jack Perry. That's going to be the name. Yeah. Junk, jungle. What I mean, what other jungle? Jungle Juice? Jungle Juice Jack Perry? Jungle? No, that's it. He's going to be direct-to-video Jack Perry. Isn't Hollywood
1: Jack Perry just a kid who visits a graveyard every month?
0: jungle uh jungle
1: uh, hot bitch perry hot bitch Uh, (laughs) um mike uh oh man this is why i wanted to get on yeah uh this was this was an all-timer man like that's that is the, the difference between wwe and aew is that aew will let something this bad on And WWE won't, and WWE is more bland of a product because of that. It's not as fun to watch because there's a higher level of depends. We won't put, we won't put this level of crap on. I mean, this dude, this was this was uncomfortable, man. Like, you know, you know what? Like, even like in all the years he's been a face. Never did I think as much as last night when he was trying to be a heel. Oh, he seems like such a nice boy. <laughs> <laughs> like this is clearly not who he is, who he wants to be. There isn't like a part of him that he's tapping into and and I think I think like a big problem with this. I was watching um a little bit of the the dark side of uh, Junkyard Dog. It episode. was great. Dude, it's, it's one of the best ones of the season, yeah. But it's like they used to take people from not wrestling who had already had lives and careers in other places and personalities of their own. And now we just get wrestling fans who fucking watch wrestling and they do impressions of wrestling promos and there's no humanity to them. And that's what I thought was the problem here. It was just all like, and Christian does that too. Cause Christian is a dude who's been a wrestler since he's 18 and loved watching wrestling and was at WrestleMania six. And so there's no separation. You know, it's like when you look at like superstar Billy Graham promos, he was taking from Muhammad Ali and, you know, and preachers and stuff like outside of the scope of wrestling. Cause the scope of wrestling is very small. And Mike was just
0: shut down by the ghost of Bill Watts. Um, so, Scott, you—we went to you, Robert. It's time for you to put "why" on the funeral plot that is Jungle Boy's promo.
3: So, uh, yeah, I think the issue with the second hour, there was the Dark Order Hangman Buck stuff, which was just kind of a fucking mess uh in a lot of ways it's like you're telling three stories at once so you get to the black hole combat clubs against the eddie kingston thing i like that they're trying to hype up hey we're gonna be in boston for the first time we're going into a wwe stronghold let's give them a huge match to try to sell out an arena that's a that's a cool idea uh the the uh the adam cole roderick strong mjf backstage segment was uh Max shitting on Roderick Strong was absolutely fantastic. Made these guys feel like complete fucking mid card jokes, and to be fair, in a lot of ways, they they really are. Uh, the Jungle Boy promo—he sounded like when Jason Sensation used to do Owen Hart, and was trying to pretend like, oh why my Owen god, Hart
0: right.
3: was like, you know, I couldn't grow my damn beard out. Like that's all I kept thinking the entire time that he was talking. And then someone on the uh, on the Facebook group posted a picture of Anthony Michael Hall. From Breakfast Club as being drunk <laughs> like that. That's absolutely that's perfect. But it will uh, make
0: it will make Hook. Hook will get cheered up. That's about.
3: exactly what I was gonna say. The 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 pivot to this is when Hook came running out there, he looked like a killer. And Taz getting hyped up what's gonna happen, the crowd getting hyped up what was gonna happen. Like this will succeed in spite of Jungle Boy's inability to really cut any kind of promos and the annoying nitpicky thing. And I'm sorry that Mike's not here to to, on this point is you you got rid of Jungle Boy's gimmick. You got rid of Jungle Boy's character. You got rid of Jungle Boy's theme music the day your video game is coming out. Like, how much more outdated can you make Fight Forever feel than taking away one of the few elements that has not been changed? Like, in a video game, it still has Cody Rhodes and still has Chris Statlander as an alien. It's like, well, at least there's Jungle Boy. Oh, wait, no, never mind.
0: I think that that promo would have been good if you took two-thirds of the words away. Just make him like a Hollywood dick who won't talk to anybody. Instead, make him evil Orange Cassidy. You know, like
3: which which know. would work. Uh, I I actually like the Ruby uh, promo a little bit. I, it didn't bother me that much. Uh, uh, and then the main event. Um, uh, if Jericho was dressed like a cat, Sting used one of his nine lives when he landed on that table.
0: Holy shit! That
2: fucking. Holy fuck. shit.
3: Between the Tiger Driver on Sunday and died. Sting, I thought Sting I thought, died. I, I thought Kenny died during the tire driver. I thought Sting died when he hit that table. And it was at that exact moment. He's just like, you know what? It's maybe it is time to retire. <laughs> like you can
0: just like, see. slumped slumped over that table, just looking into nothing. It, it just felt like a Snickers commercial, like not going anywhere for a
3: while. Like... <laughs> no, no. What you need to do is someone on there who's better with whatever than us, get the video of that and then zoom it in and play the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme yeah <laughs> that's what that, that music is perfect for for sting um but it was a fun main event I it was a fun that. main. it was a fun tv main event it's like but again it's why i didn't love the match at forbidden door because i'm like this was more fun this is what you wanted to see you want to see yeah. the old guys fight. you want to see the young guys fight everyone gets to go home happy uh except for uh except for anna jay who can't be too thrilled about being referred to uh uh as that on bitch. television.
0: Oh, she probably loved it. You know, you
3: 2023, got... Dan. You gotta, you gotta get a little more progressive.
0: I guess he wasn't saying I got the. I'm joking I, don't...
3: I just, I see it all over. It's, it was because she was trending on Twitter today, and it was all these people being like, "This is really disrespectful," and "How dare you do that?" I'm like, he's a heel. You're supposed yeah. to say shitty heel things. He's not actually referring to his girlfriend. As she should
0: bitch. be. She should be with him because she's annoying as fuck. So those two together would be perfect. Yes. Uh, Sammy and Ty. Anything to add, Scott, before we move on to Money in the Bank?
2: No, I mean, obviously I did love Hook and um, Hook chasing him and what Taz and Shivani said. Shivani acknowledging, you know, how fast Hook runs and that he is going to catch Jungle Boy ruled. Um, And the main event, genuinely, especially those last few minutes, just uh, I was was sucked in, man. I thought Jericho hasn't looked uh, at least as – Look, not as good. I mean, he looks ridiculous, but I'm talking about the match and how interested I was and how focused my eyes were on a Chris Jericho and or a Sting match. Like, I love this, man. I thought this was so good. And compliment to the camera guys throughout the night. This was maybe the first time in AEW history where you got moments because of camera angles so sting crawling to the corner and and shivani being like rope rope breaks don't count rope breaks don't count and then they reveal the bat when he grabs it which a week oh, ago yeah, they wouldn't have done that, that you know great. yeah that was awesome yeah, yeah. so for all the, little things like that for
0: all the shitty production stuff there
2: was in the first hour that
0: bat that bat spot was awesome with, uh, yeah
2: uh, so just solid show with obviously like Boy, not speak, and if you continue to let him speak, we're going to continue making fun of it every week, and so is anybody watching.
3: Yep, all right. Let's, Hopefully, we get Heel Jurassic Express. By the way,
0: let's get to uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, this looks like it's going to be a hell of a show. Um, Gunther versus Matt Riddle for the Intercontinental Championship. We're doing predictions here, folks, and I think I speak for everyone when I say Gunther. But, you know, I really hope this match goes, you know, goes like 15, 16 minutes. I hope, I hope, uh, you know, Matt Riddle kind of, you know, looks really strong in this match and, and he should look strong because he has an MMA background. I would love to see him, you know, give Gunther a run for his money and it not just be him versus Omos where he's squashed. Um, but I think it's, I think, I think it's sneakily, you know, looking at the rest of this card, I, I think it, look, I think the Bloodline match will have the, greatest moments but this technically could be the best match on the card uh scott who do you got for this
2: yeah man i think again you're right technically could be the best match on the card obviously going through though right and riddle um needs to yeah show that mma background i think riddle needs to get his nose busted a little you know remind us of, of that background um in like a visual way. And so yeah, let them go crazy. Dude, I'm I'm genuinely pumped for this pay-per-view. What what a what a fun week of wrestling, right?
0: Yeah, it will also be, you know, so if we, eventually you want to get to Riddle and Orton, so let's see how that happens. All right, Ronda Rousey and Shane Bass. Oh, okay. um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm find, uh, who do you got?
3: Yeah, no, I think I agree this will be this will be the best match. I don't think there's any way that Riddle can win. You can't give him a title that he can pawn for coke.
0: Oh god. Um well, well, luckily now they have them <laughs> backstage. Uh, we got Ro- we got Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, a tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Uh, I do appreciate Ronda and Shayna. I-, I guess like being with Shayna, Ronda has gotten better um, lately, um, but this match will probably be the worst match of the night. And I mean, they're not going to take it off. Ronda and Shayna, anybody disagree?
3: No, no. this will be the worst match. Ra- uh, Raquel's match with Trish a week and a half ago was still one of the worst wrestling matches. That was my low point last week. It was,
0: that bad, really, huh?
3: it was really bad. Like R- Raquel was totally lost. Yeah, Raquel, Raquel's not great, bro. No, but Liv um, is good, so it'll be fun.
0: She's fine. I mean, she can't carry she's a fine. match.
3: No, she can't carry a match, but she'll be fine. And the crowd will just be excited to see Rhonda in London.
0: Uh, the Bloodline, Roman Reigns and Sola Sokola with Paul Heyman versus the Usos, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso, which be which is being described as a Bloodline Civil War tag team match. I think it's just a normal tag team match. I thought they were going to save this for SummerSlam. I thought this was your SummerSlam main event, but I guess they're going to do Roman and Jay or Roman and Randy, both of which should be, should be really good matches. Um, if they're not doing that, maybe the Usos win, man. I mean, you know, like it it helps them out more than it helps Roman and Solo out, unless they're doing another match. And if they're doing another match, then I I put I I, I would have Roman win if this is the blow off, which I can't imagine is the blow off. I would have the Usos win, but maybe maybe the blood wine, maybe the OG blood wine, Roman and Solo uh, win. I, I just talked myself into thinking Roman and Solo are gonna win because I I can't imagine this being the uh last match between these guys i'm sure that roman wants to work with his brothers with his i mean his cousins more uh who do you got for this cat
2: yeah i mean initially i was going with ustos because they are the tag team and so you want the tag team to beat the non tag team but in roman matches we have to remember that they all end with roman cheating right Uh, But this situation is different because it's the Usos and Solo who help him cheat. So you go, are they going to add more to the bloodline? Are they going to debut someone? What shenanigans will happen? And I think that's part of the reasons we do like these matches so much. I think it's part of the reasons that Roman doesn't even have to end the show all the time. It's just um, because it never even feels like part of the show. It feels like its own chapter within a thing and it's kind of the the only thing it's
0: the best I mean I'm I'm starting to get to the point where it's like best story wrestling storyline of all time like it's up there with like well Hogan for how long it's been and for here's why here's why I think tremendous because it's it's,
2: well yeah because at this point it's pretty foolproof right yeah it's just slowly introduce people Um, And let them fight Roman in terms of uh, who he's got a feud with. And then, you know, the storyline of singles matches with the Usos and whatnot. It's just The Rock. Again, it's like you just naturally have a family that has history within a company that Rikishi can come back. Some other old Samoan can get kicked in the head. Like, you can do whatever you want for five years. For ten years. I mean, there's still Samoans being born who... uh, (laughs) Who 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 were practicing, uh, you know, headbutts and and throwing their fingers into into necks on playgrounds. So, this storyline is is uh, is like WWE, you know. Then now forever. Are they still doing that, or is it like no? We swear Vince isn't here. What's the new? No, intro? it's then now forever together. Oh God! you're the stuck with Vince
0: is, no
3: matter what.
2: That's so funny. <laughs> they added the together after Vince. <laughs> Vince can't Vince can't get out of there. you know. Um. He said that after, like, that sounds like something you you add, the together part, when you uh, put another part of a handcuff, like, to the building, <laughs> and you're just holding but, on to it before they demolish I have, it. I have so many things
0: I want to add, which I can't, but maybe in the later date I will.
1: Mr. Lawrence, um, who do you got for this match? Yeah, I'm sorry. I got caught off in the middle of my game. Yeah. Jungle Boy. I thought you guys would still be talking about that promo. No, we're back.
0: We're back. Do you want to finish your thoughts on Jungle Boy, Mike? Because you're fucking oh yeah, just how inorganic autistic
1: brain can't let go of a rant. Keep going. No, he can't. Um, no, man, it just it made me miss uh, Jurassic Express. It made me miss him. And I thought there was so much more money in those guys being a tag team that kids could love as like a baby face tag team. They don't. Their tag division is not as good as it used to be, and I think they're much more valuable together than they are apart and um and and adding christian to it didn't make it better which you could say about any wrestling company oh, um and then uh who do you got in it, battle it, with the other, Bloodline? and the other thing was yeah sting man I, i'm sure you guys talked about it but it's so funny he never wrestled like this before <laughs> he almost died he almost died yeah yeah man and nobody wants to see that i I feel like maybe he's like Superman and only turnbuckles are his weakness. He just needs thing, to... <laughs> but yeah, man, it was it was it was it was rough. Um, and somehow Jericho still looked older than him. Um, yeah, this I I think uh, I think it should. It's tough, man, because you've already had uh, Kevin and Sammy beat Roman and Solo. So I don't know. I think I I do think if uh I think it should be Roman and Solo if you know you're still pushing the story forward and everything. I, it's hard to say if it's one of the best stories ever. I think they even like kneecap themselves by splitting the titles up and making a guy feel way less special as it's happening. So I mean, it's that.
0: definitely top. It's top five ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, an ending really does matter you know i i think if sting and hogan had a great fucking match at <laughs> starcade people would remember that more fondly
0: well it's it, it also it depends on when it ends because you know the macho hogan story really doesn't end until wrestlemania 7 when you know warrior beats him and then elizabeth and macho man make out so who the fuck knows
1: yeah i mean that's i still think that's a better way better story um, but you know, the kind of psychopath Macho Man was is a was a very detail oriented person that we don't really have many of today. <laughs> so uh yeah, I, I I think it'll be uh Roman and, and, and solo. uh, who do you got, Robert?
3: I think it'll be Roman and Solo. I think that they are going to take out Jimmy Uso in some kind of violent way to set up J. Uso and Roman at SummerSlam. To do the one on one match. His brother's not there. It's it's Roman has now really crossed this line and made these guys enemies. And you can do main event Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam and make it feel like a true main event match. It's a guy going for an event and it's guy going for the title. Uh, and by neutralizing Jimmy, it's got an extra little story to it. And I think that's why they're doing this match here at Money in the Bank.
0: We shall see. Next up, a match I'm super excited for that I don't think anyone was really excited for, but the build's been really good. Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. This is what I can't tell you, man. Do you have Cody win, or do you have Dom win with a Brock assist setting up You know the Brock and Cody blow-off at SummerSlam? I'd say sure. the
1: guy who wins is the guy who gets to have his dad say, I'm proud of you after the match. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So with them. that, I'm out. <laughs> Love you, guys. All
0: right, see you later, Mike. Have a good one. Robert, who do you got, Cody or Dom?
3: Uh, it's going to be Cody. I don't think that they can have uh, Cody lose again after Mania. Uh, Dom can lose and still be fine. This will be just a lot of fun to have the London crowd just boo the shit out of him.
2: Who do you guys got? Yeah, this is going to be just an in, in, in example like the definition example of what a uh a, a crowd does in the uk and to have them freak out over dom to have them freak out over cody the way we know they love cody as well um i think this is just going to be a lot of chance a lot of moments i think this is going to be us just like yes this is this is going to be lawrence's favorite match of maybe the year who knows but that's the thing that dom can do and it's definitely a thing Cody can do, which is tell a fun pro wrestling story.
0: For sure. Uh, Robert, you already said uh, Cody. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Seth Rollins or Finn Balor singles match for the new World Heavyweight Championship?
3: Oh, this is going to be Finn. I'm sorry. I mean, it's going to be Seth. When talking yeah, it's got to it. be. It's, it's going to be Seth. Crowd's going to go nuts for this. They're going to love it. I think Finn will step up because it is london it's it's you know home country area like he'll want to make it work uh, our home whatever uk however we want to define it but i think this will be a, hell of a lot of fun and seth will uh retain uh who do you got scott
2: oh this match is going to rule hard they are going to really go for it obviously rollins retains but they are going to try to make like a match of the year
0: all right well we, we're getting to the money in the bank matches now Selena Vega versus Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark versus Bailey versus Eosky Sky versus Chris Stratus. Really good lineup for a Women's Money in the Bank match. I mean, I think the smart money's on Eosky. Sky. I think it's got to be on Eosky Sky because she's, a she's you know, a, a, a blooming baby face in a, in a heel territory. You got a heel champion on Raw. You got a heel, heel-ish champion on SmackDown. I don't know where you would put – I would say that Asuka's squarely a heel right now. Um, but EO Sky is the way to go and i think she'll win it you know how long she has it the title i don't know but i think she's uh she's the money pick who do you got scott
2: yeah i actually agree with you man everybody loves her that crowd will go absolutely crazy and uh this match is going to blow the roof off man this pay-per-view is is Again, could be pay per view of the year if just everybody makes that decision, you know? Yeah. Could be. Robert, who you got?
3: Yeah, I think EO makes sense. I think there's an argument for Becky, especially since they teased Becky and Rhea on Raw. Uh, and it would again be a, we're given a UK crowd, a UK winner, but this is a chance for EO to, to win and her against Asuka uh, will be a hell of a lot of fun.
0: Ricochet versus Nakamura versus LA Knight versus Santos Escobar versus Butch versus Damian Priest versus Logan Paul. There's rumors that someone else is going to be added. Possibly Randy Orton. I really don't think you need that. Everyone I'm hearing is saying that LA Knight is going to win this thing. I think it's got to be Logan Paul, man. It's got to be Logan Paul. I mean, the, 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 you know, Robert has said this before, but the, Opportunity that you have to advertise your company uh with Logan and that Money in the Paul briefcase for a couple months. Money in the Paul. Money in the bank, sorry, for a couple months. And he's able to kind of like, you know, like face anybody, you know. I mean, he's a better fit for Seth, obviously. But the Seth story's right there. You have Seth, you know, having all these matches, getting exhausted, and then a guy he already vanquished, who he hates with a passion. Is the one who takes it off him, and he makes Seth a super baby face. Because the one thing about Raw is, is, Seth is still a rough baby face. Like people love him. Maybe it's just for me, but the character at times, it's it's just a little grating. Um, but you know, I got I got Logan Paul. I think it should be Logan Paul. I don't know if he's going to win, but I think it should be Logan Paul. Robert,
3: Logan Paul, all the way for all the reasons that we've said it's ad nauseum here on the show. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to cash in. I think he's going to beat uh, Seth Rollins for the title at some point.
0: I, I think LA Knight will always leave you wanting more, too. Um, Scott Scott Either Scott got really offended by that or um
3: he's busy putting on his LA Knight cosplay.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we both have Logan Paul. Let's get the high spot low spot. Um High spot this week, of course, a Megan Osprey. but uh, the Dark Side, of the Junkyard episode, the last two, the Doink and Junkyard episodes, were, uh, were a lot of fun, for me anyway. Um, low spot, the idea of a secret money in the bank contestant really bums me out. I thought last year the whole show was marred by Austin Theory just being thrown in. I understand that he was like the quote-unquote chosen one at the time, but... Yeah, I don't know man. I just think it should be uh you know, it should be somebody uh it should be somebody they announced. It's already a screwy match. You don't have to add another screwy element before before they uh before they go. Scott is typing something. LOL my reception is bad. Logan Paul, yes. Uh Robert
3: Uh, High spot is this week was the 25th anniversary of the uh, Foley Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. I know they did a video on YouTube where the two guys went back and rewatched it. Uh, It's just a what an incredible landmark for the for the business. It's absolutely insane. Uh, My low spot is uh, the I haven't played it yet, but the reviews that have come out for Fight Forever given the amount of time that they had for this game, the amount of delays, it's that terrible. There, it's just kind of mixed, right? It's it's the fact that it's kind of come out and just been so like met, like I will, I'll still get the game. I li- I love no mercy. So I like the fact that it's that engine, but it, it came out
0: today, right? I mean, by... it
3: came out when we we're recording it. Yeah. It's coming out. It came out today, but a lot of the reviews are highlighting just some of the, the issues and problems with it, that. It's sloppy. The storyline mode is not great uh the the lack of of creator wrestlers thing which i know matters to a lot of people not really that good uh kind of a letdown since they had so much time to, to building this thing it was like years in the making my, my uh, thing
0: the reason i didn't put it on low spot and i'm gonna buy this game it's just more that like if look if it has the gameplay and no mercy i'm fucking happy man that's
3: what i'm saying but it's just i think it's just kind of the bummer of like i would have loved to have seen this thing be a uh a home run and also another low spot was the, the massive ratings drop for Collision for Week 2 was not a great look going into Forbidden Door. And I think that they need to kind of set expectations about uh, it's a Saturday night show. You're going to have these sorts of ebbs and flows. Uh, Scott wrote uh, his high spot. Uh, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view was so enjoyable, especially for the wrestlers involved, that there is no doubt in my mind CM Punk and Omega will work together sooner than later.
0: <laughs> Punk did
3: great. Over- this up, folks. Omega did great. There's no way you are backstage with that sort of high and not open to forgetting, uh, shaking hands and remembering what this shit is all about. So Scott's high spot is that he's actually high and thinks that we're going to see this match.
0: <laughs> well, folks, that our, that's our show. I don't think Scott's getting on again, uh, but you can check out his podcast, Out for Smokes with Sean McCarthy and Mike Christine. I just did it. It was a blast. Um, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, that sounds so much more ominous. Uh, I, I do have some live dates coming up. I'm, I'm going to be at the next Saturday night, the Amos Theater in Pennsylvania. Um, but I should have, uh, I got to put all my dates down on my website. So that's something I need to do today or tomorrow, guys. Um, But yeah, I will be going around the summer. Uh, I have a new podcast that will be coming out end of July with my wife called The It Couple where we review horror movies uh good and bad we already recorded we have a few in the can already folks um and i think it should be a fun pod so uh check that out and i will guys let you know i'm still writing that steve austin ca- cartoon with dan soder uh we're still in the process of outlining what the uh, pilot episode is um so that's still alive folks please follow me on and so in- is dan <laughs> yeah, too uh i got some other things going on but please follow me on instagram i got new shorts and uh I, i'm trying to cut up new stand-up every week um yeah man that's uh just subscribe to our patreon we got american gladiators this monday robert
3: follow me on twitter at ww creative underscore ish and at the ten dollar tier something to sports entertainment with broke down raw did a little bit more of a deep dive into money in the bank and the contestants and all that so it's a it's a fun listen
0: all right folks until then, wash your hands and as always, guys, it's uh it's never goodbye. I love you all. I'll always miss you. Um, I'm looking for the stop button, but I you know oh there please just
3: find the stop button. <laughs>